0: Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. You know, God gave mankind dominion over this earth. The earth is in the shape that it's in because of what we've allowed to happen. And then he puts his spirit within us to lead us and guide us so that we will allow his will to manifest through us and co-labor in this earth. If God were just to come here and fix everything, he would violate the way he set it up in the very beginning, and he would, be, he would go against his word, and then we're all in trouble. And He can't do that. He gave mankind dominion over this earth and said, Now subdue the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. And man, right off the bat, we introduced sin into the world. And here's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't the act of reaching and pulling the fruit off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eating it that was defined as the sin. It wasn't the action. It was what was going on in their hearts and minds that compelled them to make that decision to do that action. Because it begins in the heart. And it begins with this one question, can I really trust God? Is God really good? Is God really for me? Did God really create this place perfect, set up for me to just enjoy what it is that he has created for me? Or is there something that's missing? Maybe there's an aspect of God that I'm not really quite sure about. And and I think I'm going to try and figure this stuff out for myself. And then the action happened. But it begins with, can you trust God? I mean, can you, can you trust God? That's the question. How many of you hear that question in your hearts and minds regularly? <clears throat> can, I, can I really trust him? Is he really going to show up? Is he really going to come through for me? Is he really, you know, man, we, we question the character of God constantly. And then sometimes we have weird perspectives of what he thinks he's supposed to do for us depending on what your, who your favorite preacher is. And I'm just telling you, none of us have it figured out. We're just trying to follow him and, and, and reveal his goodness. But I, I just want you to know that. you know He's trustworthy. That, that's the vision of this place, is that we want to inspire you to trust God. Because when you trust God, your heart is open to him. And when your heart is open to him, you will receive that grace and that life that he's trying to flow through your heart and mind and establish in your life, and then he will be glorified. You know, we, we, could, we could stand up here and we could just worship all day long, and you'd get a lot of the same stuff. You know, it's not about the teaching. It's not about the information. The minute you start thinking that you need more information to get closer to God, you have bought the lie of religion. And said, I lack knowledge. I lack something. So therefore I need to get it externally from this world somehow. Then I'll be complete. That is is such a lie. You know, you how you know again, don't raise your hand, but (laughs) if you want to. But you 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 know, you hear Caitlin sing that. I'm holy. I'm perfect i 'm righteous does that uh, you know does that make you draw up, or is that yes, which one is it for you? Maybe even it 's somewhere in between maybe it's back and forth. maybe you 're like, yes, no yes, no, yes, no <laughs> it, it, you know but here's the thing that, that, that it's, it's, it's powerful to understand you know we, we better understand the cross because if we don 't we're in trouble. You have to know that at the cross when Christ Went through the grave. And if you weren't here last week, go back and listen to the message from last week. I kind of laid it all out. But on the cross, Christ absorbed the curse of the law and the curse that was in the land. He took upon himself all the punishment and chastisement needful for us to gain peace with God. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He died in our place, went into the grave as we should have. And conquered death. The faith of Jesus is stronger than death. Man, I, I'll never get over that. I, I think about that often. I'll, I just think about Jesus, you, you know, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave me. Himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. So we live by the faith of the Son of God. And the Son of God's faith is stronger than death. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's alive within you. I'll get to my notes here in a minute, but <laughs> the the point of that is realizing your righteousness Your holiness, your acceptance before God is not based on you. Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. It's based on him rising from the grave, conquering death, conquering the enemy, passing into that heavenly holy of holies with his own blood, offering it as a sin offering for eternal life, the eternal removal of sin, and turns and says here, Share this with me. I want to share my inheritance with you. I will make you a joint heir with me. Everything that Jesus inherited in the righteousness that he earned through his faith, he turns and says, here, I want to share that. I want to bring you into fellowship. I want to bring you into right relationship with the Father so that nothing can separate you from this union that I'm going to bring you into. So much so that God sealed it with his own human blood. Man, you know, if we could really get the gravity of how serious he is about that, man, you wouldn't you wouldn't even question if you wanted to choose entertain the idea of sin. You wouldn't look in the mirror and feel that ugh that you sometimes feel. You know, you'd walk through the beautiful door. I'm just testing you see how many of you have watched that commercial. Dove soap commercials. Are they genius at marketing or what? Yes. Yes. They're, and they're so powerful. The latest one, they've got two doors into a building. Over one door, it says beautiful. Over one door, it says average. In all different languages and all different countries, they've done this. And it's a, one of those viral videos that goes around. And it's interesting because they'll watch and then they'll talk to the people afterward of what their mindsets were of which door did you choose to go through. And so many, and it was women that they would video. So many women would choose that average door. Just walk through that average door. But then you started seeing, and here's what was interesting. I noticed, they didn't really bring this point out, but I noticed this, that when there were groups of women together, they would grab each other to pull each other through the beautiful door. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they were by themselves, they went through the average door. Wow. It's really, really interesting. There's strength in community. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's what church should be, encouragement. Yeah. You know, do you want to come and get beat up? You're in the wrong place. I don't know how to preach like that. (laughs) Because, man, there's so much darkness and doom and gloom out there. You know, you don't need to hear it in church, too. So, so much of what we experience in this life is not because of what God's doing to us. It's because of how we see ourselves, how we respond to what he's done, how we ignore that life that he's trying to flow through us because of how we see ourselves at a heart level and we just we disqualify ourselves from experiencing what he has for us. And I'm not just talking about physical blessings where your bank account's fat. I'm talking about righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Don't you want to be a part of the king? Remember that old song? <laughs> I'm telling you, Ron Cannoli. Come on. Anybody remember Ron Canoli. Some of, them. <laughs> you know, because we've we've unfortunately we have made the promises about personal benefit rather than God being glorified in our lives. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm going to get this from God, and it's 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 good that we get personal benefit. There's personal blessings and promises established in our lives, but man, the, the desire for for that should be so that God will be glorified in our lives. I, I, the, the, the older I get, as much as I hate to admit that, <laughs> the, what I want to experience from God is that intangible stuff, the, the righteousness, yes. that peace, that joy. You know, God's rolling some ideas around in my heart about joy. Maybe, maybe some of you have some messages on your heart about joy, but man, there's, there's something to be said for realizing what he wants to establish in our lives and experiencing that. So when you sing these ideas like I'm righteous, I'm holy, I'm perfect, I'm accepted, where do you go with it? Do you go through the average door or do you go through the beautiful door in your mind and in your heart with that? Can you receive that? Can you sing that about yourself and not not feel like you've got, something, a rope around your foot yanking you back down. Because the truth is, when Jesus ascended, offered his own blood, and you said yes to that, in that moment, that is your justification. That is your sanctification. It says that Jesus is our wisdom, our sanctification, and our redemption. That is your redemption. That is your holiness. You are washed with his blood, Set apart to be indwelt by his spirit, you have been made holy. Can you say that? Say, I'm holy. I am holy. (laughs) Look at there. Lightning didn't come down. (laughs) Again, it's a lie of religion to think that holiness is a result of proper performance. And it's not. The only thing that makes something holy is it goes through the proper ceremonial cleansing, which is the blood of Jesus. Now, see, that doesn't mean that you can stay in sin. That doesn't mean that you can still live a destructive lifestyle. In fact, that should compel us to live out this holiness that he's given us. Now, I think I preach that every week, but do you, do you need to hear that? <laughs> yes. Say yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> because of what he wants to try to do through you, because so that you can go into this world and be a light and help people break free from the religious hamster wheel yes. and really connect with God at a heart level. i tell you, there's something to this heart thing that we haven't yet fully connected with. We have on some levels to really get to that place where we, it's, where we look like Jesus. You know, Jesus is the perfect example of what a human being in right relationship with God full of the Spirit and full of truth, can look like walking this planet. And you have the same Spirit within you, that same anointing within you. He's not not the measure that we have to try to perform up to. He's the example. He's the possibility. Because God is in you, leading you and guiding you. So then that puts us in a place, okay, if I'm not if I don't need to do a dance for God, mm-hmm. if I don't need to, you you know, you don't even need to come to church That's <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's my to get closer to God or to even learn or really anything. But I hope that you desire it to renew your mind on who you've been made to be in Christ and you know, we have trouble getting y'all to be quiet sometimes because y'all just keep talking to each other and we're trying to start <laughs> worshiping. But I love that, you know. In this environment of freedom, what we're noticing is that people actually desire community and relationship. And you, you walk into a place and it's like, okay, I don't have the overstructure defining to me what spirituality looks like. I'm not being told all the places that I'm supposed to do this and do that. And it's kind of like you wake up and you realize, oh, there's people here. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm not, you know, there's no ladder. Oh, there's people. And so in that freedom, we desire community. We desire relationship. But that's the very thing that we withdraw from, isn't it? Don't we allow ourselves because of our hurts and pains and our sin and our guilt and all the stuff that we allow to rise up in our hearts, it just drives us further and further away from people, which is an indication that it is also driving you further away from God in your heart and mind. Now I'm going to say something, and this may be an ouch for some of you. Because really <laughs> you're a safe person I can say this to without feeling like they're going to be judged or maybe not. So I'll look at this. Scene. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to think of the... Easiest way to say this, but there's just, it's just, I'm just going to say it. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are intimate and close with God if you have difficulty connecting with people. Amen. Your capacity to engage God at a heart level and experience that intimacy with Him and trust Him and be honest and open with him is reflected in the condition of your relationships as well. It's the truth. God is a relational, emotional-oriented being. He has emotions. He desires relationship. When you look at how Jesus described the Holy Spirit, every aspect is relational he will speak to you he will guide you he will talk to you it wasn't he's going to stand out here and write some things down in stone and then you got to figure out how to follow that to get to him no it was this is how you connect to god he will speak to you you trust him you will be led by him it's all relational now i know there are variables in that and you know it's i don't want to just make a law about that but in General, all things being equal, your relationships with people are a reflection of where you are with God in your heart. Do you instantly keep people at an arm's distance because maybe the last time that you hurt, you got hurt, you're doing it to God too. Do you feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm all alone here. And nobody's really for me. Nobody really gets me. I'm just, I'm just going to toughen up and do this thing. You're doing that to God too. Whatever you do to people, it's a reflection of what you're doing to God. Now, he's not mad at you. He's not condemning you. He's that loving, comforting voice, friend, and influence that is inviting you into reconciliational relationship with him. And if you can start there and experience that from him, it changes your relationships with people. But sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes we need to realize, you know, I'm just, it's just not working. I'm just not connecting. I just feel disconnected with God. We'll, well, look at what's going on with where you are with people and make a decision. Put yourself out there. Get out there. Get some friends. Vicki did a message a while ago get some friends. <laughs> but something that we deal with. <clears throat> And, th- and this is this is the one idea really that I, all all that to get to this one idea that I feel like God <coughs> showed me this week was that everybody got really loud on that. You wanna hear I'm gonna be quiet to you. Everybody's like, I'm gonna hear, I am to i wanna hear this one. <laughs> it was just, calling, it was just <laughs> it's just Is dealing with loneliness, which drives us into isolation. Now I do want you to raise your hand on this one. How many of you have ever struggled or dealt with loneliness? Keep your hand up. All the way. Up. Put it all the way up. Everybody look around. You're not alone. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Man, we deal with we deal with such loneliness. We deal with such pain and heartache and And here's what happens with loneliness. It drives you to isolation. And when you isolate, you become wrapped in your own bubble. And in isolation, anything is believable. When you are alone and isolated, anything can become normal for you. And guess who shows up when you're in that place? Well, I meant God, but where'd y'all go with that? I I was thinking God. Actually, I didn't, but that kind of made the point, didn't it? God doesn't leave you. He's right there with you. (laughs) But the enemy does show up in that moment, in that season, in that time, in that place when you isolate. See, because here's the process. We, for whatever reason, we withdraw into loneliness, because of what we feel about life, God, people, and ourselves. Our emotions drive us directly into loneliness, and we think it's a better idea to isolate than to connect with people and connect with God. Again, in isolation, anything becomes believable, especially those negative things that are already written within your heart that you believe about yourself because of the performance and all the stuff that you do that, that makes you judge yourself and say, well, I know that the Word says that I'm made righteous and holy and acceptable and Jesus has presented me holy to the Father, but because I did this and because I feel this, that is actually more real to me than the truth. And so we live out of our realities rather than the truth. See, in isolation, and you can be isolated sitting right in the middle of this room right here with all these people. Mm -hmm. You can be isolated in your home that is full of people with family, children, spouses, whatever, all around you. Isolation doesn't just mean you're sitting there that you're by yourself. You can be alone and live alone and not be isolated. That's true. Isolation happens within the mind and the heart because of where we go, where we put ourselves. Those emotional you know, walls that we put up. And it's like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. Emotionally, you might even be a hugger, but yet within you, it's like, "Mm, I don't trust you. So in isolation, when those thoughts and those beliefs and those desires and those things start to roll up in our minds, because we are not going to God and then we're not going to people, we don't tell people how we feel, we don't voice our struggles, we don't invite people in and say, man, I'm really hurting in this area. I really did this dumb thing last week and I just need to tell somebody. Because we think that we can work all that stuff out in our minds and our hearts by ourselves without God and without people, and then we'll get ourselves back to a place where we can then reconnect, we start to further believe those lies that put us there to begin with. And that is the greatest strength that the enemy has is your willingness to continue to believe those lies that are already in your heart. See, because he doesn't show up and make you do something or believe something that is contrary to you. I mean, could the enemy show up and tell you that your shirt is blue? No, i kick him. you kick him. But he might show up and make you believe something that you already believe negatively about yourself. And see, that's called a stronghold. The belief itself is ingrained within you, you're sitting there with it, you've isolated, you've allowed these feelings to bring you to this place, then you further validate those emotions and those beliefs and the history with that, and you've got all this external information to confirm to you this is real. And then the enemy resonates on that same lie frequency and fortifies that stronghold. And then that, it doesn't, you're not giving him permission. You're not, he doesn't gain control. You're not opening the door per se in the sense that he has the right to because you're doing that stuff. It's just that he's an opportunist and he's going to watch and he's going to wait for you to isolate and get into that place and then reinforce what you're already telling yourself negatively. But here's the thing, all you have to do is replace that with the truth. It is the truth that you know, experience, that sets you free. I'm telling you, man, the moment you connect to truth, freedom grows. The moment you break that cycle, whatever it takes for you, then freedom begins to rise up. Hope begins to rise up in your heart. You know, we need to be very diligent with how we live our lives in that we should know what encourages us, what brings us hope, and bring those things into our lives so that when we isolate, we can look at something and say, this, this is my beacon. This is my tower. This is my light tower. This is what's going to pull me out of this and bring me to hope. For you, it might be a vacation it might be sticking your feet in the sand it might be hanging out with that one person it might be that song it might be coming to church it might be playing the drums whatever it is for you what brings you hope I mean do you even really know that about yourself what is it that you can put in front of you or put yourself in the middle of to get yourself out of that place of isolation where the truth has a chance to become established in your life, in your life. Do, do you know that? You know, this, this, this isn't a church where you're going to come and get beat up. You're not going to come here and we're just going to give you a bunch of fluff and make you feel good about yourself. I want you to be challenged at the heart level to overcome difficulties that have kept you down for so long and move forward in every area. I mean, you know, if you're not if you're not on that journey, you'll miss a lot of what this place has to offer. Now, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't come. I'm not saying one thing or the other really, but it that's the strength of what's happening here. The testimonies that we hear, people are uh I don't want to say ashamed, but they're so intimate and personal that, you know, people a lot of times I don't want to come up here and share what's happened to them because, you know, somebody will pull me aside and say, hey, this happened and I've been dealing with this my entire life and now I'm free because of this and da, 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 and it's like, hey, will you share that? No, I don't, I don't think I want to share that because <laughs> I just I just can't be that open. So I challenge you, some of you that have experienced that stuff, get up here and share it because it'll it'll break something free in other people. So, But what we do is we say, nope, I'm special. My pain, my suffering is special. I'm unique. I'm different. My life is really bad because I'm special in my pain. Well, I've got a passage for you here. 1 Corinthians 10. It's going to be 1 Corinthians 10. Yeah, pride, selfishness. Andrew Womack's got that book. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, selfishness was of all greed selfishness is the source of all grief mm-hmm. a good book. <laughs> self-centeredness yeah <clears throat> first Corinthians 10 12 so if you think you are standing firm be careful that you don't fall no temptation this word temptation is also translated as trials or tests in other places in scripture So no test, no trial, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Now, I want to give you some good news in this because this scripture creates confusion for people. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or he will not allow you to be tested or he will not suffer you to be tempted above or beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. So when there's a test, when there's a temptation, when there's a trial, the promise is God will help you out of it and bring you to a place where you can walk through it. Okay, well, so that's saying that God is bringing the temptation, the test, and the trial and the way out. Does it sound like that? Okay, well, let's look at this. James 1.13 when tempted when tested when put under a trial in other words it said earlier god will with the test trial temptation make a way out but this says when that comes when the temptation and the test comes no one should say should say god is testing or tempting me or putting me through a trial for god cannot be tested tempted or put on trial by evil nor does he tempt anyone. (laughs) So it's not saying God is providing the test and the way out. He's saying when that stuff comes, don't say that it's from God. God will make a way out of it. Are you saying that my life is just going to be perfect? No. Jesus said in this world you're going to have tribulation. Tribulation is different from tests and trials and temptations. Tribulation is that stuff that comes upon us because we are living in this earth and this earth has sin within it and stuff happens. I mean, there's even bumper stickers, you know. You just try not to get too much of it on your shoe and wipe it off and move on, you know. Yep. Stuff happens. But this very, I mean, you, I don't think you can be any more clear than realizing in this passage it says when, when that stuff Come When the temptation or the test or the trial comes, don't say that it's from God. God can be trusted. Well, what about Abraham? God, it was an internal thing that he did with Abraham. It was a question. See, here, here's, there, there is another word for test that God does do with us. But what it is, it's an internal question. It's an internal thing that God will do with his word to invite us into experiencing his kingdom. God tests you, in other words, refines your heart with questions, not external difficulties. So God will ask you a question Will you do this? I don't think I'm ready for that, Lord. Okay. So it, the guys, the, there's a, I think it's a, a vintner is the term that people that uh, make wine. <coughs> And a vintner will have the wine stored in the barrel. And what it'll do is it'll come and it'll pour a little bit out and smell it and taste it and test it to see if it's ready. And if it's not ready, it just stays right where it is until it is ready. And then it brings it out and it goes out into the world. That's what God does. God keeps you in that place and and asks you questions, brings opportunities along your path, brings people into your life to challenge you with where you are, with how you see yourself, with what you believe. It's an invitation into experiencing his character, his nature, his kingdom outwardly. Not, I'm going to do something hard and difficult to you so that you'll learn a lesson and gain something from me. See, if you can suffer through something and then experience salvation, you have paid the price for that salvation and you can boast in your own salvation. Salvation is by grace through faith, never through external difficulty? Do you gain any aspect of salvation? I mean, that's just got to be fundamental. So 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Here's what we have to bring ourselves to is believing the truth from our heart to the degree that we feel it. Hallelujah. And it's not just based on feelings, but the truth is you will live out of what you feel. Yeah. You just do. You make decisions based on what you feel Sometimes you can say, you know what, I don't believe how I feel. This is the truth. I'm going to make a decision based on this truth. But I I want that to expand and grow in your life. I want you to be able to be at a place where no matter what you feel, you identify the truth and you make a decision based on that truth and you move forward in that area. So this is 2 Corinthians 4, 6. God said, let light shine out of darkness and made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Man, there's so much in that. And then verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. I'm in in NIV there if you want to switch that. So we have to fix our eyes on that which is unseen but the unseen truth. And what is the unseen truth? It's what Christ has accomplished in your life. It is who he is in you. It is who you are standing before the Father in that holy place. That is the unseen truth. Can you fix your eyes on that and not on what is seen? And it's not just talking about Visually, it's talking about where do I live? What's, what am I experiencing? Where, where's my life? Where am I living my life? Am I living it from a reality that I'm just subjected to what I see and feel out here? Or can I reshift my focus to stand on the truth of who I am in Christ and that be my place of dwelling? That be where I live from. That be where I make decisions from. I mean, it's really a pretty simple message, but it's like, do we really, can we really do that? So out of all this came this question, and I want you to take this away. Does the truth feel true to you? Does the truth feel true to you? In other words, I know what the truth is, but do, do I really feel that as my reality? See, because there's a difference between reality and truth. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I went through a crazy experience where I did a bunch of drugs and got to a place where I was hearing external voices. I wasn't a believer. I'd never made the decision to be a believer. And they, these voices actually convinced me to believe that I had died and was in hell. And I walked around believing that for six months and then the next six months trying to not believe that. I know where you can go with isolation. I mean, we make anything normal. That became normal for me after a couple of weeks. It's, it, you know, I, I challenge you, ask yourself, what have you allowed to become normal that's not based on the truth? But this is a question for you to implant in your daily living when you're facing challenges and you are trying to connect to a promise of God. Ask yourself, does the truth feel true to me Now. Then you can ask yourself, okay, what is true in this situation? What is the truth that I'm, I'm dealing with this debt? I'm dealing with this sickness. I'm dealing with these kids. I'm dealing with the spouse. I'm dealing with this job. You know, all this stuff. What is God's truth in this situation? And does that feel real to me? Is that something that I can perceive as my actual reality? Or do I feel like that's just some spiritual stuff over there one day and I've got to grin and bear it through this life? Man, God wants to be there for you. He wants to be that comforter. He wants to be that provider. We are commanded to believe on his name and he is your provider. He is your comforter. He is your father. He is the one who is there. He is the one that will stand in your face and tell you the truth in the most loving manner possible and draw you out of that loneliness. Because when we're lonely and when we're negative and living in that area, living in that place of loneliness and isolation, the truth doesn't feel real to you. See, that's when we actually become offended at the Word. Jesus gives the parable of the sower and he talks about, this is, this is what happens. One of the issues that causes the word to not bear fruit in your heart and in your life is that you become offended at the word. You become offended for the word's sake. So let's say you're, you're lonely. You've become isolated. You're reinforcing this negative stuff within you and you deserve to be there. You think you deserve to be there. And then somebody shows up and says, Oh, bless God, you just need to believe the truth. Well, that's offensive. Is it not? I mean, how offensive is it to you when you've been trying to get healed for 10 years and somebody shows up and says, you just need to believe. Get out of here. <laughs> Kick him on the way, you know. I mean, it's offensive. But what are we getting offended at? Is it the word? Is it the truth? See, then we spiral into this philosophical thing where we end up like Pilate, Jesus standing before Pilate, and it's like, yeah, what is the truth? We become so intellectual and carnally minded that we debate the truth. We reason the truth away because of, I'm so smart, I've got all this education, I've got this information and this knowledge based on this external world. I'm, I don't even, I, truth is subjective. Truth is elusive. I don't, you can't define it. You know, have you ever found yourself there? Maybe not. But I'm, it happens. That's one of the places we go in isolation. You begin to question the truth. You, you begin to question, is this true? Can I trust the word? Can I trust the Bible? Can I trust that God, all this stuff? Can I really, maybe is there something? Well, guess what? That original lie in the garden is still bearing fruit in your life. Can you trust God? So you just have to make a decision. God told me the truth. He revealed it in his word. And whether I feel it or not, it has to be the truth. And anything that I face, I have to bring myself into alignment and agreement with what he has defined as the truth, no matter what I feel, especially in the areas where I'm isolated and withdrawing from people. So I encourage you, you know, get out, get out this week and, and open up to people. You don't have to go out and tell your own... Der- now, some of you need to back it off a little bit. <laughs> You don't got to be telling everybody all your stuff. I got I to gotta, I gotta preach up here. He said, what are you looking at? Me? Oh, she's looking at you. Okay. Are, are, you, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to ask yourself the question, what's true in this area? And am I willing to meditate on the word, on the truth, to the degree that it becomes to be a possibility for me? Because see, truth is a possibility. And it's up to you whether or not you're going to allow it to bear fruit in your life or not. Now, God's bigger than your heart. Thank God. He has good plans for you that he is constantly seeking to establish and bring about in your lives. But overall, the condition of our lives is directly related to the condition of our heart. And he gave you a new heart that has the truth within it. So just... Change the focus. Put the focus back on the truth. That's your homework. Pick an area this week where you have difficulty connecting to the truth, believing the truth about what's been revealed in God's Word this week that He's confirming to you by His Spirit. And meditate on a truth to the degree that it changes how you feel and it becomes possible for you. That the Word of God... A promise of God begins to become possible for you. And man, I'm telling you, it's like light shining in the darkness. It just, it goes in there. It goes in every chance it has. It's like water seeking in, seeping in through the cracks. The life and the spirit of God, when you begin to put your attention on him and allow that possibility to rise up within your heart, man, it's like he just takes it and runs with it. And you watch him work. That's what he wants to do for you. Do you believe that? Amen. Is that your decision today? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your promises. Jesus, we thank you for making us holy and righteous. So we don't have to figure out how to be accepted by you, but we can live from a place of acceptance. We can lavish that love on people around us and draw people out of loneliness and draw people out of isolation. And personally, Lord, we make the commitment to focus on your word and snap out of those lies that we have been so easily put under. Just just take one second here. Keep your keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you would. Just see yourself making that decision that you're going to focus on the truth rather than what you feel to the point that how you feel begins to change. Will you do that? just, Just keep your heads bowed for just another minute. If there's anybody in here, you've never made that decision to receive the righteousness of Jesus. You don't even necessarily know what that means, but you want to take that opportunity to do that today. Just lift up your hand just wherever you are. Yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to receive him.